This is TDL Mobile on the Digital Lifestyle, show number 97 for Friday the 2nd of December 2011. I'm Jason Coombs. And I'm John Dickinson. How you doing, John? I'm all right. Yeah, keeping busy. You? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. I had one of those days that just didn't went completely not to plan today. So, oh, yeah. hopefully the show will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, one of the listeners, I might be uh, on a Jose rant tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> so we'll keep, we'll keep we'll keep as much Apple news out as we can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, Jose can't make it tonight. He's uh, he's. Uh, stacked out with work and uh, Sheldon's also busy with with real life and uh, obviously it's uh, countdown to Christmas now. Kids open the first door on their uh, on their Star Wars Lego um, calendar. What do you mean the kids? I did on mine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were very happy with their Republic Starship Cruiser, I think it was. So, yeah, right. so yeah, so let me be the first to say Merry Christmas to all the listeners. Yeah, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. <laughs> Not get, not quite getting in the Christmas spirit yet, but <laughs> oh, well, we've uh, just put up our tree tonight, so definitely. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. When you got when you got a seven and a four year old, they uh, they won't let you get away with it. They're so excited. Ah, no. <laughs> still, th- still twenty four days to go. So not a real tree then. No, unfortunately not. No, we've said so nothing left of it by Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still prefer a real tree, but um, but no, you know, you got you got to have the gadget, so. <laughs> Was it fire optic? <laughs> no, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a massive uh, Windows phone with a picture of a Christmas tree on it. Does <laughs> it get over the air updates as well? <laughs> no, no, you have to tether it to a power socket. There, tether it to Zoom. <laughs> Download some new shiny baubles. Yeah. So um, yeah, so it's another pretty slow news week. So um, hopefully we'll uh, we'll cover a few of the bigger um stories if you can call them that. And yeah, yeah. I don't know whether it's been a slow news week or whether it's just been that we haven't had a chance to catch up on anything. It seems to be one of those weeks where uh, where everyone's been so busy with uh, work related stuff that uh, catching up on the news has been quite difficult. But hopefully, we won't miss anything uh, anything major out. No, exactly. And if we if we do, it'd be great if the listeners let us know, and we'll we'll cover it in another show. But yeah, like I say, we've both been pretty busy. But I think um I think generally speaking, most of most of the platforms are kind of in that pre-Christmas love, really, aren't they? I mean, Microsoft launched Mango a few months ago, and iOS 5 is out. Um, ice cream sandwich is, is starting to appear, so I think it's kind of kind of a lull now, maybe till CES. Yeah, quite possibly as well. I think a lot of people have um, already announced their bits and bobs for the holiday season, and then CES is where the next lot's going to be at. So. Yeah, definitely. I'm still uh, still thinking I'm determined to get Jose to live a month with his Windows phone and see how he gets on with it. Maybe that could be a whole month. Yeah, maybe that can be his challenge, his January yeah. challenge. <laughs> I I just want to say actually my um a guy I work with who's been thinking about getting a Windows phone but he's currently got an iPhone managed to smash his screen on his iPhone, so nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah, <all> right. <laughs> so I think he's looking to get an HTC Titan, which would be good. All oh, right, so it, uh, it didn't um, didn't accidentally chuck it behind uh, behind the car or something. <laughs> no, no, no. I was nowhere near it when it happened. <laughs> cool. Although um, we we were joking on Twitter, weren't we, about um, me putting Vitell on my uh, list, and that's it, two bad races I had now. Yeah, that's it. it must be uh, working. I think, I think it scared him. I think it scared him before the end of the season. Cool. I think we should start off with uh, Jose's favourite topic, topic. so it's unfortunate that he's not with us tonight, but um, Jose's definitely um, always always happy to get on the soapbox about how HTC's devices have been pretty dull and lacklustre of late, and they've uh, announced their plans that they're going to refocus on the product and start launching some some more innovative devices rather than just kind of reinventing existing devices. Yeah, I mean the article that we've got that we've got here is sort of off the verge. It's, uh, it's kind of hinting towards the fact that uh, 
they've announced figures um, uh, that are down on what they expected <clears throat> for uh, at this point in 2011. Not to not to be said that you know that, that the figures that they've released are, are, are bad in any way, shape, or form. Because I, mean, I think they're looking at. Uh, 45 million uh, units shipped as opposed to 25 million last year. Um, yeah, hardly so, a downturn, yeah, is it? <laughs> you, know, you know, it's, it's not really a downturn, but obviously, you know, it's it's less than what they projected, and uh, it seems that um, it seems that they, they they've come to the conclusion that that's because people are looking for, you know, more of these sort of innov- innovative, uh, well-designed phones. And uh, I mean, we've talked about it before, haven't we? The way that uh, HTC have always uh, historically uh, been a good manufacturer for uh, innovating and for bringing out new designs and uh, you know the likes of the HTC Hero when it came out with that little chin on it you know things like that, you know things people hadn't really seen before in phones and you know lately sort of over the last twelve months so they've been just sort of regurgitating phone after phone that looks very similar or is exactly the same phone just on a different OS. Um, and yeah, it's it's quite a refreshing change to see them take a step back and think, you know what, right, we'll get back to get back to our roots, go back to what we used to be as HTC and start innovating again, and hopefully bring the customers back. Yeah, exactly. They've obviously listened to uh, what the customers have said because, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, Jose and ourselves are not the only ones that are saying that we want to see some nicer designed phones rather than the same thing we go over and over again, the same slab just sat there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember when I first got the HD2 and it was, you know, at the time it was a really striking device with that big screen and, you know, it really made an impression and everyone that saw it kind of, you know, was like, oh, what's that? But um, but then, you know, really the HD7 was just a regurgitated HD2. The Titan, you could almost say, is really just a bigger HD7. You know, and then there's obviously, I think it's is it the Station XL, which is basically just the Android version of the of the Titan. So, you know, definitely it'd be really good to see them start, you know, really innovating again and, and making devices that people really desperately want. I'm saying a lot of the a lot of the other designs of the phones that they brought out since the um since the uh the Nexus One and the um the Desire really have been, you know, very similar. The the look the, the buttons are pretty much in the same thing, the the shape of the chassis is pretty much the same, you know, it might have a couple of colour variants or, you know, we're using a slightly different material or something like that. But in essence they're pretty much exactly the same phone, depending on, you know, what size form factor you get it in. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I mean, um it was certainly be you know, really good to see them get back to their roots and I guess it's so easy isn't it when you're when you've got devices flying off the shelves it's so easy just to, just to get into that rut of just sending out the same old designs because people are buying them at the time yeah well that's it and all they do is just shove newer components in the same chassis and away you go you know you've got a brand new phone but yeah. um, I think it's I think it's better I think it's going to be better as well if they if they get back to the way that they were release less phones, well, release phones less frequently, um, but they're completely different. Rather than every week, there's a new phones on the market, which is pretty much exactly the same as the old phone, but makes the old phone, you know, outdated, so to speak. You know, they're not, although they're not really outdated because you're not, get, you're not losing anything by having the older phone, but <clears throat> it's never nice when you've just bought a phone and then something is pretty much exactly the same, but with a better spec comes along a week after, and yeah. there's a need for it, really, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you know, I'd certainly be interested to see what they can, what they can do. I also hope that they start to maybe focus on the on the quality of the products and improving the hardware because you know, I think generally the HTCs don't necessarily have the best cameras. You know, they have kind of adequate cameras, but it'd be really nice to see them, you know, really strengthen up the hardware and and have have a device that's just an all round, you know, really good quality device. Yeah, and I want to see I want to see some more of these, you know nice chassis on them as well like some of the some of the aluminium unibody designs and things like that you know some more of those kind of things hitting the market which is you know not just your your basic plastic slab yeah definitely definitely i mean like we said before you know really with with apple almost going into a holding pattern with with the iphone you know this is a chance for devices to really come out with something really striking and, and beautiful and that consumers you know really um lust after yeah, definitely. Cool. 
<clears throat> next story, uh, the uh, Galaxy Nexus, which has a volume bug. Um, I must admit, I haven't necessarily... I've heard of the problem. I haven't really had a chance to really read up on it in any great detail. But I think it was something about the, the volume just suddenly jumps up, I think. Yeah, it seems to be a, uh, a volume issue when it's um, on a particular band. Hang on, I've just got the article up now. Yeah, 2G uh, 900 megahertz band. Yeah, so when it when it's, when it's calls are on that band, the, the volume's erratic, um, which is quite strange. Uh, so we don't know whether it's a hardware or a software bug. Everyone's keeping their, uh, their mouth shut about it, really, but it looks like it's being resolved with a software fix. Um, now what they've said is that um, the actual sort of hacking communities fixed it before and got a fix out before um, <laughs> Samsung, Google have, so uh, which is interesting. You know, it just shows the uh, you know how fast the Android uh, hacking community do her work. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's definitely the positive side of Android, isn't it? The fact that it's this open source platform and and. And he said Microsoft then and, uh, and Google have, you know, obviously made the source code um, publicly available. So, you know, it's not surprising that they've come out. It's just that they describe it as the official patch anyway, but... Um, yeah, I, I did read some tweets flying about before saying, I think, that uh, the official patch has actually started going out, I think. Um, I may have um, dreamt that, though. <laughs> I noticed... Uh, I noticed in the story on on Slashgear that that, that um, Samsung are actually recalling the Galaxy Nexus uh, from uh, from shipments at retailers to replace them with a fixed version, which would, I guess, is the right way to do it. Really, you don't even if it is just a software fix, if you can avoid these getting into the hands of consumers in the first place. I think that I think that that's quite good of them really because you know you could just let the devices go out in a in a poor state and then fix them but there are people out there that as we said before there are you know it's not unusual for consumers to never update their phones you know they're not like us where as soon as they hear about an update we're plugging our phones in or looking for that over the air update yeah well a lot of people don't even don't even look for the updates you know they're um that they, they won't even hear about them because we, i mean we hear about them through the channels because obviously we're um we're we're listening to we're reading the right tweets and we're following the right people and stuff. But you know, a lot of people don't do that. A lot of consumers. So yeah, it is a good move to definitely uh, start um, recalling them uh, to fix that problem. Uh, it kind of forces the um, forces the um, the issue to be resolved for people who are not necessarily going to go out and do it for themselves. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, with Google's over-the-air updates, they shouldn't really need to um, need to do anything from the user's perspective. It should just push you, push an update out to the phone, shouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not. I mean, I'm not sure with with even with the over-the-air whether or not you have to accept them. And I don't know. What, I don't know how. I might be doing them a, a, an injustice, but I'm not sure how savvy consumers are that if, even if they get a notice on the phone, do they kind of think, oh, you know. I'm quite happy with my phone the way it is, and just kind of ignore it. Or do you, you know, I'd love to love to know what the statistics are for people that actually do accept it, regardless of you know really understanding what it's going to do. Yeah, I've, I must admit, I've never um, I never owned an official Android phone with having the HD2 and and its ability to sort of put whatever Android uh, whatever Android uh, flavor I want on it. Um, but you know, one of the downsides of having that is you have to reflash every time you want an update. You don't get the overall update, so I've not actually experienced the uh, the update process in that regards. But uh, you know, it's, it's my impression that um, that I think they can just push it out. I think, and I don't think the user has to do anything. I think they can just do it oh, yeah. while the user's asleep. <laughs> but uh, you know, I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> It's a shame we haven't got uh, Jose here or uh, Sheldon because I know they're both uh, avid uh, Android users. So it's uh... well, especially when it comes to over-the-air updates, Jose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if um, yeah, I don't know if you mentioned listen to Jose in our last week, but we were we um were talking about the HD2 having ice cream sandwich. Oh no, I didn't listen to it, actually. I've, I've literally just shoved the um the art that article in there for it because I was going to mention it because I've actually um. I've actually been able to play around with it myself on my HD2, so... Uh, oh, yeah, I'd be interested to hear. The day the, um, the ice cream sandwich build sort of leaked onto uh, XDA developers, I uh, 
I got straight onto it. So I've been using it since like the first sort of alpha release, really. And uh, I've not really used that a lot, to be honest with you, because I'm, I'm on my Omnia 7 as the main device at the moment, and the the Ice Cream Sandwich build that, um, I mean, even the Beta 2 that I think they're currently on at the moment um, is still, you know, having issues. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just so surprising. I love, I love the way the XDA developers community, they just, you know, they just jump straight on it and... Um, and and before you know it, you know you've got a release out for the for the HD2. They're just keeping that phone alive for longer and longer. It's uh, it's it is the wonder device. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were saying last week. So it's interesting to hear that you've actually got it on. I noticed that um, um, there's potential problems with the USB mass storage, the camera, hardware acceleration, the headphone jack. But you know it's just yeah, I've tried the headphone jack, but I know the the mass storage wasn't working on on the. The unit that I was testing with, and also the key that the camera won't attach, so it's uh, I'm not had a chance to test out the camera yet. But the actual, you know, OS itself in general terms is pretty smooth already, even though it's still only in beta release um, for the HD2 anyway. Yeah, it's it's really smooth, and um, you know, I in my initial alpha release that I put on there, I couldn't get the Wi-Fi working, but I reflashed it with another uh, another release that was came out literally within hours of the alpha release coming out they had a beta one out so um <laughs> i put stuck that on and uh you know wi-fi and everything's working apparently in the new beta 2 which i haven't put on yet um they've got you know 3g stable and things like that so it's you know it's, it's perfectly usable already so just seems really weird looking at the at the screenshot that's in the pocket now article seeing the Google um, ice cream sandwich operating system with the Windows key at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> very strange. strange. So, I think I, yeah, I've not, I've not really thought about that actually. Cause I think I'm used to using Android on the uh, on the yeah. HD2, they remap the keys quite well uh, to fit in with uh, with Android buttons. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just a wonder device. You know, I, I thought about just getting rid of the HD2 since I've had the uh, the Omnia 7, uh, just because I don't really use it a lot now. But I just keep it knocking about, just because I can. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's, it's just my um, it's my playing device now. <laughs> yeah. with different flavors of Android and stuff like that on it now. It's, I'm st- I'm still waiting for the stories when people have got the uh, Windows 8 developer preview running on it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't surprise. Probably all apart from the fact that it doesn't run on ARM, but I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> like I say, I'm sure um, Windows 8 on ARM comes out. I just imagine it running on this <laughs> super yeah, device. Wouldn't surprise me if some clever sparks get that sorted out because they're uh, they're pretty on the ball, these aren't they? Uh, they, they? They've got real passion for it as well. It's like I say, you know, they're just uh, they managed to sort of pull ice cream sandwich within you know days, and then um, and then within. I say within 24 hours they they'd already released about um, an alpha release and two beta releases and it's just constantly developing it it's like they do it for a full time job. <laughs> yeah, no, it certainly is a, a great device. Certainly one to to keep around. Do you um did you manage to get a play around with the um, voice recognition stuff or? No, I've not had a look at that yet actually. I'll Let's have another go at it at some point. I've uh, got it in the drawer here, so I'll uh, I'll get it up and I'll stick the uh, the latest beater on, and we'll see if I can uh, talk about it a bit more by next week. Yeah, excellent. One thing I can't remember with HD two is that I had a front facing camera. I don't think it did, did it? It doesn't. No. It doesn't. No, that's what I thought. No, unfortunately not. Ah, cool. Well, it's certainly interesting to hear your thoughts. And like I said, we 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 mentioned it last week, and we couldn't uh, we couldn't record if you still had the device. I thought you did, but Jose thought you'd. Um, thought you got rid of it so it's cool no I was looking to get rid of it and every time I went to get rid of it I thought no you know there might be something cool there might be something cool <laughs> to make it live again but yeah it certainly is every time I uh, every every couple of months or so there's always something new for that yeah so um, it looks like there's a possibility WebOS might actually outlive RIM at this rate <laughs> so yeah I don't know. I don't know what to say about HP. I really don't. You know, it's just—it's just so indecisive. So Meg Whitman's now come out and said that she's she's going to make a decision within two weeks. But I just think by this point, I mean, don't get me wrong. It would be fantastic if they decided to resurrect it because I think, you know, <clears throat> Jose and Sheldon have both got the, um, the touchpads. Um, you know, the WebOS looks really great. So it would be amazing if they did resurrect it, but by this point I just worry that how on earth do you get the community to really put any time and effort into 
rebuilding the ecosystem because surely you've got to be worried at any moment HP might yet again do another U-turn. Well, I say it's the trust issues, isn't it? It's the fact that um, <clears throat> HP have um, they've done so many U-turns in, in, in recent months, and um, you know, particularly with the last time when they uh, they pulled WebOS and started selling off all the devices, and you know, the, de- the developers of WebOS got you know they got badly burned by it. And um, a lot of them migrated over to programs for Windows Phone and things like that. And you know, it's going to take a, it's going to take something special to pull people back into putting their time into an ecosystem where, you know, if we can't trust HP over the last few months, going by their last few months' performance, they could just pull it again in six months' time. Yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, clearly HP have said that they're going to have Windows 8 tablets out. <coughs> in 2012 now obviously some android oems also make or also going to make windows 8 tablets but they kind of they can sustain both whereas hp um if they really want um to make any money and, and really build WebOS, it's going to be odd to have that split um priority but also yeah, but also just you know i tell you one thing i think they could do it if they if they did relaunch the touchpad but sold it for the hundred pound, hundred and fifty pound mark to really get the volume of sales because clearly the thing would sell at a hundred quid. The thing's going to sell. Well, yeah, they, it sold well enough when people thought it was. They, you know, they weren't going to get any more updates for it, and um, um, and no one's going to be developing for it anymore. Yeah. It sold at that price, didn't it? I mean, you've got to factor in how many people bought that under the premise that they would have an Android release out for it, which they have now. Yeah, that's true. No, that's a good point. But I was just thinking, you know, if they if they decided to relaunch the device at £150, if it sold in the same numbers, that would potentially give the developers the interest that it needs to really put, put the effort in. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean the RIM um, is it's the playbook, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so my mind's all over the place this week. Um, yeah, I mean the rim, the rim playbook is just getting price cut after price cut after price cut. So you would think that can't sell it. <laughs> well, exactly. That's what I mean. So if, if HP took this as a loss leader and just flogged it 150 quid, undercutting practically every tablet on the market, that I think that way they could, they, if they chose to to relaunch it, they could potentially build up developer interest that way. If, if they can get the number of units out there, then they can maybe yeah, salvage something. Yeah, there's definitely a good market for um, for cheap tablets. I mean, I'm not talking cheap tablets as in like your cheap and crappy tablets that you know are not very, are blatantly not very good. Um, I'm talking about things like the Kindle Fire. Yeah. Which, you know, again, really good. You know, I've I've read some not so good reviews by reviewers, but people that have actually bought them and like the consumer end I love them by, the, by, by you know by what's been coming out of the community about them and um, you know at that, at that price point it's they will sell like hotcakes because at the end of the day you know a lot of people haven't got 500 quid to go and splash on a tablet for something that they don't which we've always said is a luxury item it's not an, it's not an essential item if you've already got a laptop you wouldn't replace it with a tablet and if you've already got a laptop, you don't really need a tablet. It's kind of one of those things that it's a nice to have if you've got that money burning the hole in your pocket. But like I say, most people, a lot of people haven't got it. So um, a tablet at 150 quid is a lot more reasonable for people. Um, and when you've got people like Amazon, which are releasing decent tablets, you know, decent hardware with decent software on it, um, at a decent price, that is when you're going to start selling things. Yeah. Yeah, so I think exactly. if more if more developers were releasing good tablets at a cheap price, then you know there's definitely yeah there's definitely a bigger room for that market. I think. Um, I mean, it's interesting because I know like obviously with the likes of Amazon, you know their their tablet is heavily focused on their ecosystem. So although they're selling the tablet very cheap. They're hoping that they're going to make their money back on people using their services and buying things through their store, which is what the whole tablet revolves around. So I think in order to do that, I think all the all the manufacturers would need to have some kind of similar setup 
Otherwise, they're not going to make their money back, are they? Because there's no way that HP could go and sell the, the touchpad at 150 quid and not make a loss on it. Yeah. No, definitely. I think the only, I think the only hope for it is, I mean, you know, HP announced, and Jose and I chatted about this last week, that, you know, HP have potentially lost about 3.3 billion, so I guess the only way, the way they could salvage is to say, well, let's round that up to four, <laughs> just sink some more cash into it and get it out there. Yeah. Yeah, and get the get get the actual devices out there. But then, if you can, but then could because HP own WebOS as well. You know, they they're not going to pay any licensing fees or anything for the operating system. So all the the money that they could potentially make out of the market on WebOS and things like that, they could go for a similar setup as to what Amazon have got. You know, they could set up their own music store and things like that. You know, because the, the potential's there to do it because it's their platform. Yeah. Yeah, They're just going to have to invest a lot of money into it and come up with some miraculous plan to get people on board. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just think you know, it does, it does. It's potentially you know a really interesting platform. You know, you, you've only got to imagine WebOS in all the HP printer ranges, and you know, and even having which they talked about before, having some kind of side-by-side um, existence with Windows so that, mm. you know, you, you buy a, um, a Windows 8 HP um, tablet, or, sorry, not a tablet, sorry, um, laptop, but that it integrates really, really well with the, with the tablet. You know, the, yeah, the potential was there. It just it just clearly needs some more casting into it. And I, I think know we, we talked about it as well, didn't we, the fact that um, they could... Um, have WebOS as an extra bit alongside, like you were saying before, alongside Windows 7, um, but on the tablets as well as the laptops, couldn't they? So you could, you've got like a quick boot up. Mm. So rather than booting into a full-on operating system, you can just boot up into the into the WebOS. Yeah, I mean, exactly like um, my, my Dell does. It's got, a, it's got a small flash drive which boots up um, Linux. You know, I, I never use it, but <laughs> but it's there. But yeah, like the I say, there, so if you it, to yeah, it's another update, option. Yeah, if you want to send a quick email or something, you could have like an instant on thing that you can with tablets, where you just push a button and it's straight in. Yeah, although I have to say, my um, my Iconia tab with Windows 8 on it boots up in like 15 seconds. So I think you'd, and that's straight into Windows and usable. So I think you'd probably struggle to be able to compete with that. My laptop does now when it's got the solid. I just put a solid state drive in it this week and it's and, and reinstalled Windows 7. And uh, if it wasn't for me having to type in a password first, <laughs> it would be you know straight in within 15 20 seconds. Yeah, so it's definitely you know that technology's you know improved Windows boot times considerably. I didn't realize how much of a, an impact it had on it, um, but it really does. The loading of apps and things like that, which you can see where tablets um, with, with solid-state drives in them. You know, this is where a lot of their speed comes from. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But my I think the whole thing with WebOS is it's just, get, it's just getting people's trust back into, um, into WebOS if they want to go anywhere with it. But then in the next two weeks, they could turn around and say, well, we're not doing anything with it now. We're shooking out the window. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's still no certainty with anything, so... No. No, um, we ought to get Andrew Edney on the show. He would love to talk about HP. It's his favourite topic. No, <laughs> yeah, just don't mention uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, anyway, talking about coming back from the dead, um, been announced this week that Call of Duty Black Ops Zombies is coming to iOS. Now, I remember the, um, actually had a, a go on a friend's um, iPhone when the original uh, Call of Duty World at War Zombies got ported onto iOS. It's actually, I, f- I found it quite cumbersome doing the controls, but I think that's just because I wasn't at the time used to that kind of in- that kind of interface to a game. Like you smashing the screen on it. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that was that was in the days when I had Windows Mobile, so I was actually envious. <laughs> oh, right, okay. But um, but yeah, so uh, they've now announced that the uh, the follow up from the zombies part of uh, Black Ops is actually coming too. So. Uh, this is the sort of thing I would love to see on Windows Phone. I, I, I really wish you could see something like this. I have to admit, I have no idea what this is. I know, <laughs> I know what Call of Duty is, but I have no idea what this zombie is all about. So, um, yeah, for anyone else also in that same boat, if you've ever played games Left 4 Dead? Uh, yes. 
Yeah, so yeah. basically you fight through hordes of zombies. Well, basically with the Call of Duty games, um, particularly World at War is my reference because I haven't played any of the, the latter Call of Duty games. I kind of got converted into Battlefield, but basically it was, it was an add-on. Once you completed the game, it opened up um, a, a zombie mode, which was basically you and up to three other players stuck in a house um, with zombies coming up out the ground and trying to get into the house. And mm-hmm. basically, basically it was just one of those how many levels can you survive kind of thing oh right okay that sounds so, quite interesting that yeah show. it's really good I, fun. I mean yeah if, um, if ever you played the, the World at War series it's definitely it, I mean I actually ended up playing that more than I actually played the, the, the actual um, multiplayer um, but uh, but yeah so basically it's just that game with, with maps and you know there's like power ups and weapons that you can find and it's just that putting onto iOS onto the iPhone and iPad so it's it's really good fun like I say yeah, cool. I might have thought about that. I mean, I, I, I can't do the Call of Duty games. I think we've, we've talked about this before. Either it might have been on or it might have been off the show, but uh, <laughs> uh, I just can't do them. You know what I mean? I haven't, the, I haven't, I haven't got the, I haven't got the skills <laughs> yeah, to actually to actually play these. So I just keep getting whooped by some twelve-year-old <laughs> American kid. But it's uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I get, I pretty much gave up after World of War. I mean, I, I think I only played the first level on that and got fed <laughs> up with it. So. Give yeah. me four to four. I'll drive a I'll drive yeah, a supercar yeah. around instead. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I think I think ultimately, it is, you know, games games for the young. Although I always blame it on the lag. It's never my age. It's the lag. The pink time. It's always the pink time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, I mean, I um, again, I think we I think we did chat about this, but I think it was off off the show. And I've got a nephew that came in and, and played it here, and he's like, uh, what? 14, 13, 14 years old and just watching it and play it was just now I know why I keep getting beat I mean he was you know checking his stats he was changing his weapons and reconfiguring them and then going back to the game and it was like I haven't got time to think yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, do all I, that. Say, like, <laughs> I remember my mate was like trying to get me on to Call of Duty 4 once and I was just like I had it on the PC and it was just like it, there's like every button on the keyboard does something. <laughs> yeah. So looking at the keyboard, and then by the time I found my key and then looked back up at the screen again, someone sniped me in the head. And like, How do you play this game? It's ridiculous. Give me like four buttons, and <laughs> four buttons and a mouse, and I can cope with that. Yeah, I think that's kind of. I'm, I'm definitely more of a, um, a racing simulator. I don't. I like my Halo games and stuff like that. So that's all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like these realistic ones. I can't. Yeah. I can't do them. Yeah, I'm more yeah. into the I'm into the racing games. But without digressing too much, yeah, the reason why I got into Battlefield was because I found it to be more kind of team oriented rather than just kind of run and gun. So I kind of got more into Battlefield. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um... I, I could probably do that because I could just go and hide behind a wall or something and get everyone else to do the work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or either that, I'll end up shooting all my teammates. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's move on to some Windows Phone. Your favourite topic. Mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get that boring stuff out of the way. <laughs> um, yeah, did you see the um, the latest uh, the latest in- inventive. Um, Windows Phone marketing by Nokia. Oh, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I must admit. I mean, I, I literally just watched it before we before we hit record on the show. So, uh, as as we said, this week's just been madness. And I, I think I said to you, I've got about a thousand unread RSS articles. So, um, yeah. yeah, quickly watched it. And yeah, it looked really impressive. I mean, that's you know, I'm going to sound like a stuck record, but that for me is always what Nokia was about. It was their sheer marketing and just in your face. Here's the phone. Give it a try, kind of thing. And I say they're just doing an amazing job of it, and uh, I mean this was this was pretty stunning. I mean they um, they had um, they had the DJ Dead Mouse out on the um, in front of the Millbank Tower in London on the Thames, and basically just projected a whole 4D show up the side of the building. So it's like the entire like height and width of the building perfectly measured in there. And um, so they had the DJ out playing the music out across the Thames, like hordes of people just on the opposite side, just watching um, from the street. And then just, you know, this huge projects, 4D projection display up on the side of the building, um, which sort of um, culminated in there being a giant, the UK's version of the giant Windows phone, but it was a projected one um, of the, the Nokia Lumia 800. And uh, you know, if you get anywhere near 
near there in London. I mean, it's, it's, it's right, you know, it's right in the heart of London on the Thames there. You, you couldn't have missed that. It was huge. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly looked really impressive. And I know the one thing I did manage to catch was a few tweets from people saying it was really impressive, although not very long. But I think, to be honest, there's so much um, goes into those 4D massive displays that I don't think you can... It's a bit like a firework display, really. It's never going to be a 20-minute thing. It's You know, there's so much um, design and graphics work and, um, and modelling goes into it. Huge thing, anyway. But I mean, they uh, they didn't just they didn't just have it there. They live streamed it to the world as well as they were doing it. Apparently, they had loads of problems with the stream though because there was too many people like going on it. But uh, <laughs> that's another story. Um, but yeah, it's just that, you know that kind of marketing. I've never seen that before from a phone. No, definitely. I mean, it's definitely not for for Windows Phone. I mean, really, you you could have gone twelve months without really knowing it existed. Um, but. Uh, I often do wonder, though, with with these kinds of events, you know, is it people that are already enthusiastic about the device that actually go along, or is it really catching the public eye? I mean, on the TV, you can't avoid it, but with something like that, is it is it really attracting new customers? But, I mean, definitely, if it, you know, it pull a stunt like that, and uh, I haven't seen it, you but I would assume it got on the news. Well, they put they pulled it at uh, rush hour, I think it was, as well, wasn't it? I know it was late. I think it was at 9 o'clock, I think it started, so it would have been later on in the evening. But there was a lot of people there. Mm. And it was the kind of thing where, you know, like, I mean, I lived in London for a little bit, and there's always people about in London, whatever time of day and night is. So there would have been, like, thousands of people just, like, walking past and seeing that. And you would have seen it all the way down the street, you know, down the Thames and everything, so you wouldn't have, been, you wouldn't have missed it, and with the music pumping out as well, it's like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, like, like we said, you know, Nokia's just been absolutely everywhere, and I haven't bothered including any, any links in the show notes, because I think, in my mind, it was a bit of a non-story, and it, I only really caught um, a brief um, view of it, but there was two conflicting stories. One was that Nokia had, you know, downplayed its forecast because the Nokia Lumia had sold so badly and then Nokia kind of came out and said actually it's our biggest and fastest selling device fastest selling smartphone device in recent history although I think where Nokia's concerned (laughs) (laughs) recent history is probably easy to beat but um, but yeah it just seemed very contradictory but it certainly seems that that, that Lumia's been selling well a friend of mine actually ordered one um, unfortunately it turned up dead on arrival he's now got a replacement so um, must catch up with him and see what he thinks about the device. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely good. I mean, I, I was um, just like sticking on the on the Windows Phone marketing type things. I don't know what Nokia is doing. Um, I was in town on um, in Manchester on Saturday and um, just popped into um, Phones for You because um, a friend of mine was like, "Oh, I want to go and have a look at the Nokia Lumia." As soon as you walk in through the door of that phones for you down by the Arndale Centre, huge window Nokia Windows Phone display. Never seen that before for Windows Phone. No, definitely not. Definitely, I know. I know. Um, when the Titan launched, um, HTC tried to do something, and there were some big displays in some of the phone shops. But in terms of you know, like you say, in terms of pushing that momentum and keeping it going, Nokia's you know just done more than anybody else. Mm. I went in when the Titan launched. I went into um, I was happened to be in Coventry at the time, and I went into a phone shop in Coventry, and there was just a cardboard Titan there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. But so, uh, but yeah, they said they, they had the big display up with um, you know it's a specific Nokia Windows phone display with the phones on there, which you could touch and and have a look with. Unfortunately, they had them so locked down that you couldn't actually pick it up and feel it in your hand, even you know. Normally you can feel them in your hand, can't you? In the one of those mm. old tethers. But now it's you know it's probably locked into a little case thing, so you could touch it, but you couldn't pick it up, which is unfortunate because I actually wanted to feel the weight of it, and you know I like to feel the weight and the material on the back and things like that, which you couldn't do. But um, you know the actual, you couldn't uh, you couldn't miss the fact that Nokia was there with the Windows Phone. Yeah. yeah. See, I think it's, I think that's a real shame to hear that because. The one thing with Windows Phone is it's about the experience, and I think the only way you can sell it to someone is to let them use it, to have, you know, a pre-pro, maybe even a pre-programmed Windows Live ID with some Xbox games on it, and actually, you know, really let them pick up the phone and use it. It's pointless having it locked down, and you know. Mm. I mean, they did have the the actual phone that was there was live working. You mm. could uh, 
you could go into like the people hub and things like that, but you just couldn't actually pick up the phone and physically handle it. Mm. You just had to tap on it. But I'm sure they would have you know, let you have a demo of one if you'd asked someone. Say, oh, <laughs> if you'd asked someone, they'd have said, oh, well, we've got some iPhones. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. It isn't Android. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, we don't know what that thing is. Someone just came and dropped it off one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> interesting enough, Microsoft have actually found a way for me to actually want to try an iPhone. Really? They've uh, released um, an application, I think it is. Where I said, Microsoft have found a way to actually make me want to try an iPhone. <laughs> What? <laughs> because now I can try Windows Phone on an iPhone. Oh right, okay. <laughs> this is the um, the Windows Phone emulator. Yeah, yeah. Now I'd already had a play around with the one on um, on a, a Nokia N8 because Nokia also released a, a, an app, but it was pretty um, locked down in terms of you you click something and it just kind of led to a, a video. It wasn't really as interactive, but um, it looks like. Um, Oh, sorry, yeah, for iOS and Android. Um, they've created a mobile website um, that actually gives you a chance to really experience Windows Phone. Oh, so it's a mobile website, is it? Because I was just about to come to that. And why would Apple or Google let um, <laughs> go to the marketplace that demos Windows Phone? But it's a mobile yeah. so- uh, website, is it? Yeah, it's yeah. built on uh, HTML5. Ah, okay. Interesting. I wonder what happens if you go on that HTML5 website on a Windows phone. Yeah, I don't know, actually. I would, it <laughs> in theory, it should work. It'd be pretty embarrassing if it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, maybe they've got, maybe they'll just pick up the um, the uh, agent string and redirect you. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's I think I, yeah, I mean, it'd be good for, for people that have already got a device that are thinking about switching to to really, you know, kind of give it a try, but I still think you kind of really need your own your own data really to really get it. Oh yeah, you can't you can't really appreciate Windows Phone unless you're actually looking at it through, because that's the whole genius of it. it just pulls all your data together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, John, time for you to get on your soapbox. <laughs> Me. <laughs> What am I on my soapbox about this? About, uh, well, let's do the uh, orange hiking prices first before we then... Oh, yeah, orange hiking prices. Right, I've got, <laughs> I've got real beef orange, right? Um, hang on a sec. I just went to the um, aka.ms slash WP demo on my Windows phone and it just says, hello, if you're looking for our demo, we've noticed that you're already using a Windows phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it might do something like I mean, that. I mean, it links you to uh, resources on how to get the most out of your Windows phone. Which at least it notices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, back to Orange, right. Got a real problem. Here we go. <laughs> sent me a text message before saying that they've, uh, they're hiking up all the prices for their uh, pay monthly customers by uh, nearly 4.5% in January. I think it's ridiculous. And they might not see like 4.5% like, but the, the fact of the matter is they shouldn't be allowed to hike up I mean I'm I'm not an expensive contract but that's that's me up by about one fifty a month. Um uh just for my tariff. And I'm still in contract, you know, it's like I signed up for a contract at a specific price and they've just like hiked up the price without anything any uh problem at all. It's going, oh, that's, have you have your price hiked up. Take your money off you but they don't give you a price drop, do they, when the inflation Well drops. that's it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is that, you know, they've already bought the device. So the device you have in your hand, which you're paying off over a two-year period, isn't costing them any more. Inflation has nothing to do with that. Yeah. It's just pure and utter rubbish. The only thing that's potentially impacting them is the cost of calls. Well, they've already had um, Ofcom tell them that they were charging too much for calls and that they had to reduce exactly. the prices because they're profit margins were just far too high. Exactly. I mean, yeah. this is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. like, despite the fact that, you know, I get minutes and text thrown in on my price plan, there's no way that that price plan costs them as much as it does in calls. Because I hardly ever use my calls and that anyway. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. I've gone on this tariff. I don't really, I'm going to actually, actually, that's a good point because I'm coming up to, uh, no, I think I've over nine months on my contract now. It means I can drop my tariffs. So I'm going to go on a cheaper one just to say stuff you. I'm going on a cheaper one. You can have less money off me. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just um, it's, I just love the way it's worded. It's like you're supposed to feel sorry for them. Well, inflation's at a 20-year high, and you know we're really struggling. So unfortunately, we're going to have to put your your monthly yeah, fee. Yeah, we're but, struggling. It's such a hardship. Yeah. yeah. No, please feel sorry for us because we gave you that lovely shiny phone. Oh, and by Ooh. the way, don't think about trying to con- trying to cancel your contract because it's in our T's and C's that we were allowed to increase it. Yeah, within yes. within reasonable limits of inflation or something. Because yeah, inflation within the, re- the retail price index. And they got more we could do four and a half, fine. When I got text, I only knew about it because I got text messages tonight, and it just says, Hi from Orange, we're increasing the price of your monthly plan by 4.34% from the 1st of February 2012. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll link to get more information. But... Um, I mean, it's not really that useful because it doesn't even tell you how much inflation is going to go. And I think they, I think they put a tool somewhere so you can calculate. Yeah, how that's it. I mean, they put, put up a website so you can recalculate what your plan's going to be. They know I mean, how much your plan is. It's ridiculous. It's they're just, just they just got to tell you. It's just just a farce. I mean, the least they can do is the 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 way I see it is right. I can understand them wanting to put things up by inflation, but the thing is, they're tying people in for these huge contracts. The least yeah, they can yeah. do is keep people's price at the same thing for the entirety of the contract. Increase your prices by all means for people who are new customers coming in on brand new tariffs, or people that are at the end of their contracts who are switching to different tariffs, something like that, fine and handy. Don't increase people's prices when they're in the middle of their contract. When they sign up the contract with you at a set price, don't increase your prices. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I you, um, the only... Um, kind of half glass full way of looking at this is actually we've talked before how two year contracts and even 18 month contracts are hurting consumers well it's clear that it's also hurting the carriers so let's just get rid of them go back to the old 12 month contract you know um, admittedly there might be a bit more because the phones but the phones are coming down in price anyway I mean Microsoft came out and said that they're aiming to get Windows phones available for the between 100 and 200 dollar range yeah you know so just instead of because you're looking at it going, oh, all our customers are in the middle of a two-year contract, so we're going to have to hike their current customers. Just make it a 12-month contract. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, right, I, 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 I know we've mentioned this before on the shows and things like that, and with these with these tariffs that are coming out now on the likes of, um, of the GIFGAF tariff, where you can get unlimited data and X amount of minutes and text for £10 a month, there's no way, as soon as my contract's finished with Orange, there's no way I'm going to sign up for another contract. The price of phones come down. You can even buy a brand new iPhone 4S for £500 now. I'll buy one, I'll hit take the hit, 500 quid, buy the phone, and then never be tied into a tariff and go on a five, £10 a month thing. Yeah. Simply perfect well, I'll end up saving money. What's interesting is that it says Orange's sister company, T-Mobile, that I'm with, uh, has no plans exactly. to raise money. And it's the same company. And this is another thing that's really annoying me as well, is the fact that I still can't tether my blooming window <laughs> and I'm on Orange. And you've got exactly the same phone on T-Mobile, which is the yeah, sister yeah. company, same company, and you can. Yeah, <laughs> What's about? So I'm getting charged more, and I can't tether. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, it's just ridiculous like I say I just I just love that they want you to feel sorry for them when they're making so much money out of you easily more than that phone costs them because they get you know clearly you go to Amazon and try to buy a phone it's expensive but they're going to get bulk discounts they've got you know negotiations with the OEMs and yeah. it's just nowhere they come out of the two year contract worse off but um, that's it well here you go I've just, I've just done very quick sums on the on the figures now Right, if I was to, just working on the price of an iPhone, just because I know what the price of that is now, at 500 quid, and I was to go on a gift account of £10 a month tariff, which is pretty much the same, I get the same stuff as what I get now. Apart from with that, I get unlimited data. I'm not capped to 500 meg or whatever it's on, it's capped me to. I would end up paying a whopping £680 over an 18-month contract. For my tariff that I'm on with Orange, um, with a free phone, um, over 18 months contract, I would be paying around 700 to 720. So I'm actually paying more to get a subsidised phone than what I could get if I didn't sign a contract. 
Yeah, that's yeah, it. Just took the hit. It's just taking the hit initially to to, to, to pay out that much money for your phone. But yeah. Day, if you're going to go for something like, um, and I'm plugging iPhones a lot now, but if you're going to go for something like an iPhone, iPhones hold their value. You can sell a 4S for nearly the same price as what you can buy. A, uh, you can sell a 4 for nearly the same price as what you can buy a 4S for, in good neck. Yeah, I mean, I've said before, it's, it's something that I'm interested in doing, that, you know, just buy the phone. Admittedly, the first year, that's quite an outlay, but over a two-year contract, as you've just clearly shown, it, you're going to actually end up paying a lot less. You can negotiate, go on a pay-as-you-go, or negotiate a really cheap SIM-only contract. Um, and then when you want a new phone, depending on how long you've had it, you're going to get a good residual value of it. Yeah, as long as you've got a good phone in it to start with, yeah. you're going to make a pretty good... Because you, you, the decent phones that people want, even in 18 months' time, are still reselling. Yeah, they're holding their value. Yeah. So there's yeah, just there's it? just really isn't any point. I think this is I think if more people saw that and moved on to doing things like that, then it would stop the carriers from locking people into these eighteen <laughs> and 20, 24 month contracts because then they realise that people are just not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should start a movement or start a change in people's mental attitude or say, look, save up, buy yourself a phone, let's screw the carriers. Definitely. So I've, I've got to read this again because it's just, it's just, <laughs> no. I just love the way they say, as you're probably aware, inflation is at a 20 year high, which is having a significant impact on businesses and households alike. And because of this, we're, and because of this, we're going to impact you even more. <laughs> oh dear. See, so I told you there'd be a grumpy bit of the show. Just get the, uh, get the violins out for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, no uh, as if that's not enough. The carriers have also been potentially found out for uh, logging keystrokes and all sorts of information by yeah, well, I mean, I carrier this, IQ. Uh, yeah, I caught this one a bit earlier on, um, which is an interesting thing. It doesn't seem to be anything that's affecting UK. I'm not sure about Europe. I know it says it's uh, the dispute spreads over to Europe. Um, I've just yeah, literally just been trying to keep like catch up on what's been going on with this one before the show, because of the show, but it seems that there's this data logging software or diagnostic software called Caller IQ um, which a lot of uh, carriers get installed on the phones um, uh, particularly I think it's, it's not on Windows phones it's on Android and iPhones mm-hmm. it's not on Windows phones yet um, but apparently the networks use this tool or what they say they use this tool for is to log data on the network so they can see what's being used, what's being hit, and things like that. You know, so they can monitor their networks. They say it's all legitimate and uh, and nice and easy, but somebody's been ripping it apart and found that it's logging all sorts, like it's logging keystrokes, numbers you dial, uh, me- messages, picture messages, all sorts. And the carriers go, no, no, we don't do anything with that. Even though it logs it, we don't actually do anything with it. <laughs> but, well, why is it logging it then? <laughs> so, yeah, there's a big, big, big dispute over this at the moment. Um, a lot of arguing, a lot of uh, a lot of ex- explanations. And, yeah. Um, see, um, so Vodafone, Orange and O2 have said that they don't allow it on their phone. Google has indicated that it's not on their flagship phones. Nexus One, Nexus X, and Galaxy Nexus. Um, Nokia have come out and said it's not on any of their phones, but it is on the iPhone and potentially other um, Android phones. But yeah, HTC. It's definitely on HTC's. Yeah. It's out on a HTC Evo, Evo something or other. Um, which one of the Evos was it? Um, it was on the Evo 3D. Yeah. Um, so somebody's posted a video of uh, of it um, of it on the Evo 3D, um, which is quite interesting. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's all a bit suspicious when they're. Uh, I mean, HTC have come back, haven't they? And they've said that uh, um, that the HTC we do not receive any data that comes from this carrier. <laughs> Carriage, it's not us, it's just the carriage. The carriage is going, oh no, we don't do anything with it. But, uh, someone's put it there. Yeah, exactly. I see um, also within this story in The Guardian that um, uh, Carrier IQ actually tried to enforce the guy who discovered this to, to basically put a gagging order on him, um, but he was actually allowed to keep talking 
So, it's, you know, if you haven't got anything to hide, then don't that, that try make <laughs> even more suspicious. Yeah, disprove it. Don't gag the guy. Just disprove it. Because they claim that, it, oh, it doesn't do any of the things he says it does. But um, clearly, and maybe it doesn't, but he's. I think he's arguing that it has the, has the ability to. Yeah, definitely. So you know, even if it's not actually doing it, it's, you know, you. I mean, particularly with an open source handset like Android, you only need someone clever to get a, a program on there that modifies its behaviour or redirects its information, and it's, you know. Yeah, that's it. Totally. Um, I mean, I, I. This is the thing, right? I'm, I'm a bit. I'm suspicious on these kind of things, anyway. But if you're not going to use it and you've got no intention of using it, why build the feature in? Yeah. Yeah, it's all a bit suspicious to me. I mean, HCC are backpedalling now, and they're saying, oh, no, we don't do anything with it. Uh, we're actually looking at a way to turn it off now. But um, didn't you put it there in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just comes back to the whole, you know, and I appreciate, again, that if you are getting the device on a on a subsidised contract, that um, it isn't necessarily your device. But, you know, in my mind, it is my device. It's, you know, mine to do with as, as and when I please, which, you know, frustrates me with Windows phone when carriers want to wait and delay updates you know it's it's my yeah, device I mean, it's regardless of whether you've um you've got the device subsidized or not you're still entitled to your privacy and um not have things snooping about that you don't know about yeah i mean if they were blatantly open with it they said look there's this carrier iq stuff on there all it does is log x y and z then fair enough, but they don't even, well, not not fair enough, because I wouldn't be happy about that anyway, but at least they would have told you about it and not kept it all hidden, but it's like all of a sudden it's come out with this and it's got the ability to do A, B and C as well as X, Y and Z, but no one does anything with it, and now we're all backpedalling because someone's found out, and it's like, (laughs) it's it's far too suspicious to my liking. Yeah, exactly, I mean, it was like the... um the uh, antivirus software that got released for Windows Phone, you know, which actually didn't do anything, but it did log all your geographic information and device information and all sorts. Just it has nothing. And they claimed oh, it was to make our antivirus software better. How does where you are in the country make their antivirus software any better? Maybe maybe there's more viruses in London or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh dear, just ridiculous. No, it's all a bit suspicious now, but I'd be, I'd be really interested to see where this goes over the coming days because I can see a lot more uh, a lot more carriers and uh, and manufacturers backpedalling and trying to worm their way out of this one to be honest with you I can see it blowing up yeah, yeah. definitely I mean it's you know pr- people love a good privacy scandal don't they oh yeah yeah we've got a good <laughs> privacy scandal but um, you know it's, it's just it just you know it's just you don't know where these things are going to go until someone you know cause some clever spark finds out and uh, releases it on the world because no one knows it's there and it's just it's all a bit too strange for me yeah not happy (laughs) (laughs) although it doesn't affect me because it's not on Windows Phone yeah exactly see there's another reason to get a Windows Phone it's the only platform where it's not until it gets uncovered next week (laughs) 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 uh, ah well yeah cool well, I think that's pretty much all we have this week. Um, I'm not sure if mm-hmm. that's classed as a short show. I think we I think we've done not too bad for a, another yeah, slow news week. Worse, so it's uh, it's about average, really. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, show yeah. 97. I was just looking in my diary at this right. rate. If we keep up a show a week, we'll be recording show 100 on the 22nd of December. Oh, just before we could have our Christmas New Year special. On yeah, the show. absolutely. So, um, yeah, we haven't really talked about. It. I, I maybe had the idea. Maybe we could talk about what uh, each platform and where we think it might be in the next over the next twelve months. Um, but if uh, any of the listeners have got any idea what we can do to celebrate Show One Hundred, then by all means, drop us a line. You can uh, contact us mobile at the Digital Lifestyle. You can like us on our Facebook pages. You can follow the main Twitter feed at TDL Mobile. You can follow me. I'm at Database Jace. Uh, I'm at John Dickinson. There's, uh, Sheldon is at Sheldon W and Jose is at Jose R. Ortiz. You can follow um, Ian Dixon at, IS, uh, at IS Dixon. Um, some really great new shows on the digital lifestyle. There's, um, Ian's managed to turn his kids into podcasters and they talk about... It's only a matter of time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like Father Light Son. And um, yeah, so they're talking about. Um, I thought it's a really interesting concept, actually, talking about um, Xbox game demos. You know, as young kids, they can't afford to buy the latest games, so they they play the demos. Which interesting is what my kids do. They were playing the um, 
the Harry Potter 2 demo and the Pirates of the Caribbean Lego demos for weeks. I do, I do the same to be honest with you because I, I, I've got a really, atten- a really short attention span when it comes to big games and I, it has to really draw me in in order for me to go and play it from start to finish so I do I play I get through a lot of demos just like playing you know a few odd few levels here and there yeah exactly and then there was the uh, the new show um, whose name escapes me but with Edbot and Mike Halsey um, mm, definitely worth that's a listen. Really good show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely um, provide feedback on that because it'd be a shame to see that show disappear. It would be really good to to get that onto yeah. a regular slot. And obviously, yeah, the main digital lifestyle show as well, which is always worth a listen to if uh, Gary's ever rediscovered. I haven't had a chance to listen to this week's show, so I don't know if the aliens have brought him back. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't listened to it either. Yet. Uh, don't forget, you can also get us on uh, Google Plus now, although we haven't quite worked out what we're going to do with that yet. But it seems to be the done thing at the minute. Everyone's moving <laughs> to Google Plus, so uh, we're there at the start. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've been on Google Plus. I got an invite. I think it might have been from you or from someone, and but I just I always forget to visit it. I don't think I've posted anything on it. But anyway, anyway. I think that's going to do it for show ninety-seven. Awesome. Yeah. Cheers, John. Cheers. And, uh, yeah, speak to you all next week. Don't forget to get in touch.